It's time to dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Here we go, Las Vegas, at 12 o'clock noon Pacific time. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. I'm Dan Duva with Gary Lawless. Thanks for joining us on this Monday afternoon. Golden Knights in Colorado Avalanche through four games in the second round. Deadlocked two and two thanks to a 5-1 victory at the Fortress last night. A crowd of 18,081. 81, perhaps not so coincidental, Gary, with Jonathan Marchessault providing the hat trick. I think that was the most dominant performance from either team in this series to date. And I want to discuss that with you, Dan. We talked about it on the radio last night during during the game. Late in the third period, we got into a little bit. Colorado beat Vegas 7-1 in game one of this series. Vegas beat Colorado 5-1 in game four of this series. Which was the most dominant performance? Colorado's in game one or the Vegas performance in game four? We'll address that question. I think we're also going to pose that question to Eddie Olchek. We will. He'll be joining us at about 12.15. We might also have one of the Golden Knights players joining Ooh. us. We'll see the, the travel, of course, here in the Stanley Cup playoffs and a little bit condensed. You don't have that travel day built into the schedule. So the team... You and me, too, are traveling to Denver today. So we'll see if we can squeeze in a Golden Knights player guest. But Eddie Olchick, who in the regular season you see on Chicago Blackhawks, Blackhawks telecast, also on NBC, part of the crew that's covering this series, he'll be joining us. We'll be talking about all of that with Eddie. And also a shout-out to all of the Vegas-based media that is traveling to Denver. Kevin Bollinger just tweeted he's on his way. We know David Shane from the Review Journal, Ed Graney, Ben Goats, Justin Emerson, all my old my my old colleagues, the ink stained wretches. Yeah. They're all making their way over. They're all making and I'll tell you what, like there are not traveling parties from very many teams in the NHL making their way to these games. So uh, the the it, it speaks to how rapidly Vegas has become a hockey city, a real hockey city, because uh, the, the people that make decisions at newspapers, they throw pennies around like manhole covers. I worked in newspapers for a long time. The only reason they're sending them is because there's a profit to be made. So they know that the attention on this series is so high that they're going to sell more newspapers. So they're going to spend... They're willing to spend the money to travel their reporters to cover it. And similarly with the Golden Knights, you and I had to go on the road to travel the team. There's an understanding, and not to get too inside baseball here, but covering the games remotely as we have all year for broadcasters, for journalists alike, it's not quite the same. There was a story about how Major League Baseball is starting to adjust some protocols there and more folks are traveling. It just really does go to show. And if you're not in journalism, you might not realize it, but there's such a big difference about being on site. Well... Dan and I, uh, as much as we'd like to make the decisions, we don't. We the people that make the decisions, and and uh, th- we'll give them a, a little bit. We well, a couple of things. Sage Salmons, who's director of broadcasting and part of the communications department, content and communications department here with the Golden Knights, he pushed for this during the regular season. He wanted us back on the road, and 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 you did as well, Dan. So the the result of that is. Uh, Brian Killingsworth, Eric Tosi, um, 
Kerry uh, Bluebolts, the guys in charge yeah. of the budgets, you know, it was brought to their attention, and they thought there's value in this. And as a result, you and I have been calling games live and not off monitors for quite some time and for yeah. all of the playoff games, and it makes a difference. You know, like we like when it was this was during the regular season when Marcus Foligno told Nick Hague on the way to the penalty box, "We're fighting when we get back on the ice." That wasn't on the television. It wasn't on the monitors. So the only reason we know about it is because you and I watched it with our own eyes and we're able to re- relay that to the listener. And sometimes we just do play-by-play of the fans throwing the victory flamingo on Flamingos. the ice in St. Louis. Yes. So sometimes it's yeah. tactical, sometimes it's fun. Yeah. But it is great to be uh, out there with the team. And then to have 18,081 in the building for Game 4 last night, the largest crowd in the National Hockey League. They saw the Golden Knights fall behind one nothing. Brandon Saad getting the goal at 150, but the Knights scored five unanswered. Marcia So with a three, Max Pacioretty with one, Patrick Brown with one, and Vegas ties the series one and one. Let's listen to how it sounded. The third hat trick in Golden Knights postseason history scored on June 6, 2021, at the Fortress. Goes behind his own goal, taken away, shot off the post, no, rebound wide. Riley put it off the post, now centering, they score. Carlson to Marcheseau. They wouldn't give up. They had three glorious chances, and they finally buried it. Jonathan Marcheseau ties it up 1-1, seven minutes into the first. Marcheseau again, left corner, up top, Petrangelo waits to the left. Marcheseau scores! Power play goal, ripped it home from the left circle. Three to one, Golden Knights. 32 to go in the second. Smith and Marcheseau buzzing in front. Marcheseau, hat trick. Golden Knights take a three-goal lead. Smith set it up across the crease. Marcheseau delivers a playoff hat trick. And the Golden Knights on top of the abs. Four to one in game four. They put their stamp on the series, Gary. And Marcheseau, three goals. And William Carlson with three assists. Your call of the first goal. I went home last night and watched the, the game over on the television, uh-huh. at, at which something that I like to do. Well, Kenny Albert called goal when when Smith hit the crossbar because Smith threw his arms up, Petrangelo threw his arms up, and someone else, one other person, three of the players on the ice. I think Petrangelo, Smith, and the other defenseman. I'm trying to remember who it was. I thought it was Carlson, Smith, and Petrangelo were the three. Well, Carlson kept grinding because he went. Yeah, the I puck. know, but but I think that a- anyways, uh, the uh, the initial reaction yeah. because there were, like I say on the call, there were three attempts. Oh yeah, there were but, three. But the first attempt had three of the Golden Knights on the ice throw their arms in right. the air, including Smith, the guy who shot it off yes. the crossbar. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, well, and so you know, Kenny Albert, uh, rightfully so, you know, from his vantage point. Looking down there, he was lower than us. This is the one time when it was pays off to be high. He's lower than us. His <laughs> angle wasn't as good, so he called goal right away. And then he was like, "No!" And then and now they scored. His call was great too because listen, th- like this happens, right? It's a it's, fast it's, game after all. It's a fast all. game, yeah. But your call was not only, uh, you know, descriptive and and articulate and eloquent. It was also bang on, which is, uh, which is fantastic. 
appreciate it. Gary's all into talking about the media today. We could do a whole separate program just about that, believe me. It is often heard off the air on plane flights, car rides, trains, boats, automobiles, etc. Uh, so that's Marcia So's hat trick, uh, and he's up to now five goals in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Mentioned Pacioretty with a goal earlier in the game. That was the go-ahead goal for Vegas. In fact, the game-winning goal, same combo that got the Knights a tie and a lead in Game 3 of the series. Marcia so tied it, Pacioretty with the game-winner. So Pacioretty's got points in each of the five games he's, he's played since returning. And then Patrick Brown puts it in to make it a 5-1 lead. Brown just wouldn't give up his second goal of the playoffs. Well, you had this goal right, too, even if the referee didn't. Yeah, they stopped the play yeah. without signaling goal. We had the view. We thought it was in. They went to the video, and ultimately, and everybody in the building realized that it had gone in. There was a challenge for goaltender interference. That was a desperation challenge by Jared Bednar. Clearly, it was in. It was fascinating. I got uh, home last night, and the girls were already asleep. So they, when they woke up this morning, they're like, and Lauren had texted me. There was a pause in the play, and Lauren's like, is that's not a goal? I'm like, yes, it is a goal. Lauren being no, your daughter, by the no, way. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. The referee, <laughs> the referee said it's not a goal. I'm said, trust me, it's going to be a goal. And uh, so then they want an explanation this morning because they couldn't hear the referees. Yeah. So they did. So I had to explain to them. Well, they said they, they no goal uh, on the ice, but they're going to go to review. Good goal. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, call on the ice overturned. Good goal. Then. Uh, Colorado challenging for goaltender interference, and then good a call on the ice confirmed. Colorado gets a delay, gets a delay of game penalty. Yeah, so you get goals from three different lines. Obviously, Marcia's line provides three. The top line with Patchetti gets one, and the fourth line with Brown. Ryan Rees' first point of the season, returning from a two-game suspension. He gets an assist. So did Will Carrier, who's got two. And that's how the Knights put together a 5-1 win. The other aspect of this, Gary, is that, sure, the Knights score five goals on 35 shots. That's fantastic, 59 attempts. They held Colorado not just to the one goal, but a season low of 18 shots, attempting only 46. Colorado had as many attempts blocked as they had on goal, 18 of them. And this, by the way comes the game after they held Colorado to just 20. And before that, it was 25. Talking about the number one offense in the league that generates a ton of goals that come from a ton of shots, a ton of attempts, 25, 20, and 18, the last three games in succession, shots on goal for the Avs. Well, we're going to hear a quote from Pete DeBoer, uh, but the difference in the Golden Knights right now and what they're doing and how they're bottling up the Avalanche there is a commitment right now. The coach comes up with a game plan. And the game plan against Colorado is we have to check them. We have to check them all the time. Because as you and I know from watching them play, how many times? We saw them eight, eight in the regular season and 12 times already this year. They, they don't need any time or space. Like they, need, they need three feet, three square feet on the ice and, a, and two seconds to get a shot off and make something happen. So if you're going to beat them, you got to check them for the whole night. And that's hard to do. It takes energy. It takes an, a, a mental edge and commitment. And, and it takes a real emotional buy-in to what you're trying to do. So you go game plan, you go buy-in, and you go execution. 
Right now, the Golden Knights are chipping off all three boxes. Pete DeBoer spoke with the media earlier today prior to the travel to Denver. And speaking about this topic, here's cut three. Pete DeBoer talking about having that defensive mindset while also having the offensive contribution. Well, I think as coaches, that's always what you're selling. Um, you know, that uh, that if you that what we're asking them to do, the detail defensively isn't going to cost them offense. And, you know, during the regular season, it's tougher. Uh, it's a tougher sell just because, um, you know, everybody wants points and everyone judges themselves on points and, and are judged on those statistics. Um, so, uh, but, but come this time of year, uh, you know, if you have the right group, uh, they understand that uh, there's a bigger picture to this. And, and you know, it's, it's always great from a coaching perspective when, when you can commit defensively and, and, uh, and still create offense, which is what we've done. Well, this is the difference between teams that eventually have a chance to win the Stanley Cup and don't. Like you, like what Pete DeBoer isn't saying there, or he's saying kind of in a gentle way, you get paid. The formula in the NHL is, is that every point is worth $100,000. So <laughs> you do the math, right? You get 80 <laughs> points, you get paid $8 million a year, right? That's, that's how it works. And so players, that this is their job, and they're independent contractors working in, in one group. And you, if you get 50 points, you get paid. If you get 20 points, you get paid less. 10 points, you get paid less. So you want points in the regular season. That's what's, When your agent goes in to, to see general manager Duva and says, look, Gary had a hell of a year. He, and, and general manager Duva says, well, he, he did okay. He had 25 points. We'll give him two point five million. It's I not, drive a hard bargain, you know, and then uh, of course my agent would say, "You know, Gary brings intangibles. He makes all the dinner reservations. He makes sure <laughs> he makes sure that you know you're. He makes sure that the right wine is at the restaurant. He brings when, you pastries when Duva arrives. So, you know, and the, uh, so the Toronto Maple Leafs, for instance, they're a great example. They're a really good regular season team, and they got a bunch of guys. You know, there's I think they have four forwards that total. $50 million, in $49 million out of an $81 million payroll. You can't win like that. The, the seventh defenseman in Vegas right now is Nick Holden. Who's got five assists, Nick, by the way. Nick Holden is in the lineup for every other team in the Stanley Cup. You're right. right. Oh, now. yeah. Don't you think uh, Colorado, for example, oh, would love to have 100%. He'd be maybe the, the fourth or fifth defenseman for Colorado. Yanmark and Nosek, according to Pete DeBoer, are on the horizon. They're, so they're going to be ready soon, too. So my whole point is this group has decided, uh, you know, we want to win the Stanley Cup. So the numbers and the statistics and what you want to give your agent, they've set that aside. They're playing now for a trophy. They don't get paid. I, I don't know if all of our listeners know this. The last paycheck has been delivered. At the end of the regular season, you get your last paycheck. You don't get paid again. You're playing for a trophy right now, and that's it. Yeah, there's some some, uh, some lead bonus money yeah. that comes in, but it's it's really it's walking around money for, for a lot of these guys. It's not yeah, They make their money with regular season contracts. They make their money with their contract. Yeah, yes, no doubt. Exactly. So now you're playing for a trophy, and if you decide that it's worth your while, if you're Mark Stone and you say, 
and I don't care if I get three assists tonight or three goals. I want to make sure Nathan McKinnon doesn't get one of either, which is exactly what Mark Stone is doing right now. Then you have a chance to win because if the, he's the head of the snake and everybody else falls in line. And you can get, say, a Mark Stone jersey or any other player's jersey at the team stores. We've got them right here at the Armory at T-Mobile Arena, the Arsenal at City National Arena, and plus delivery over at Lifeguard Arena. You can find cool Golden Knights gear online too, VegasTeamStore.com. You're listening to Nighttime at Noon. Eddie Olchick, analyst on NBC Sports and a former Stanley Cup champion as a player, joins us when we come back. This is Nighttime at Noon. Dan Duva, Gary Lawless on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Vegas the other way, left wing shot, they score! Max Pacioretty off the left wing! Vegas takes a 2-1 to lead! A transition goal for the Knights. Pacioretty with points in all five playoff games. We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. 12-19 Pacific time, that was Max Pacioretty, the Knights' go-ahead goal in Game four, second period, it was at 111. Stone and White Cloud assisted on that marker from Pacioretty. Three goals, two assists now from Max. Came back in game seven. Pete DeBoer says he's 100% now, was not when he returned in game seven. Let's talk about the series a little bit more from a slightly different perspective. And the man joining us on the line is, of course, Eddie Olchick from NBC Sports, Chicago Blackhawks, and a former Stanley Cup championship. Eddie Danduva, Gary Lawless here. How are you today? Hey, Danny. Garrett, how are you? I hope you guys are well. Great. Thanks, Paul. First off, what's your sense of seeing full arenas once again and 17-plus <laughs> and then 18-plus the last couple of games? Well, it kind of takes us back to, in all due respect, Danny, uh, you know, our normal uh, yeah. in, in an NHL building to uh, be in T-Mobile the last couple of nights and to have full capacity it's uh, just it's just something about playoff hockey, and you know people were up for grabs. And I have to say, both buildings. I mean, you guys are both in, in in Denver as well. And I mean, even though they you know they weren't at full capacity, it got pretty loud there in uh, Ball Arena. So, just as a broadcaster, I mean, it just takes the it just takes the game and the atmosphere to a whole nother level. So it, it's I know we're all all due respect to the real world out there, but in our little world. It sure feels normal when we're working the game and doing the game and people are living and dying with every single play that happens because, as you guys know, you just never know when the tide of a game, let alone of history, could change, right? Because that's what ends up happening in playoff hockey is just, you know, something happens and and fans and, and, and all of us are, are, are living on every shift. And uh, But it was just great to be, uh, you know, great to be a part of it on the TV side. What are you seeing on the ice, Eddie? Well, look at I, I mean, this series could easily be, you know, easily could be a three-one lead uh, for for the VGK. Um, you know, game one was a tough spot. I, I'm sure you guys talked about it and and uh, understanding they put them they put themselves in a bad spot, right? Because they weren't able to eliminate Minnesota in, in five games, and then they had to play the extra games, and Colorado was well rested, but. Even I go back and just uh, I watched a little bit of, of game two uh, yesterday before game four, and I mean they had um, you know you guys had four I think four penalties in that first period of game two, 
and really the Avalanche had a chance to you know to really kind of seize the momentum there. But you guys had, I believe, the Knights had ten shot blocks in that first period, and and really denied uh, you know any possible mom- momentum in that period. And then after that, look at I mean every I think every period, in my opinion, um, maybe for the exception of one, since that second period of game two. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights have been the more dominating team and have won the five on five. And you know, and but look at we're at a two-two series. Both teams have kept serve, and now it's a best of three. And uh, we'll see if uh, we'll see if the Avalanche have a response here uh, tomorrow night. You mentioned Minnesota and going to Game Seven, and it's a blessing and a curse. It's a curse because it really takes you out of uh, right. Game One in terms of emotion and. Uh, and the physical energy required to play in in that game one against a, a high tempo team like Colorado, it's a blessing because you've been in one of those situations now. You've played in a game seven. Ken Danico yeah. said on NHL Network that Colorado's path so far might have been too easy, and it, that might have hampered them a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I look at I, I look at. You'd rather sweep somebody off the mat. If you're good enough, you're going to find a way here, right? I mean, come on. Like, to me, <laughs> you're, you're going to have adversity. Like, you know, you could spin it any way that you want. And look at and, and I respect Ken Danico. He's a, a two, three-time Stanley Cup champion. You'd rather have the sweep than sit there and have to go seven games in a series. You just never know when it's going to take its toll. Again, extra ice time, extra opportunity for injury. You just you know you just never know, but you're right. I mean, adversity is such a big part of of, uh, of playoff hockey, and and you know look at it. the Knights and, and the Avalanche were battling you know pretty much all season long. Came down to the last game, and you know that's some adversity. It's tough to go into that building. I don't care if there's zero people or nineteen thousand people. I mean, it's a tough place to play, and I mean Peter's teams are are so well coached and, and they're prepared, and then it's just up to guys to go out there and execute. So. Yeah, look at. I, I was lucky enough to be a very small part of a team that won a Stanley Cup in, in New York with the Rangers back in '94, and you know we knew we were the best team. Uh, you know we had some adversity over the course of the season, not a lot, but enough. Uh, the playoffs, you know, I think we, we we swept the Islanders, and then we we won in five games against the Capitals, and all of a sudden we're down three games to two in the conference finals against the New Jersey Devils, and. We had to go into East Rutherford, New Jersey, and, and win a game six. Now, you know, we had the history thing in, in New York, of course, where, you know, New York Rangers hadn't won a Stanley Cup since 1940. So we found a way to win a game six on the road and eventually win a double overtime in game seven. So, look, at rest is such an important part. And when you got a chance, when you got a team on the ropes, I don't care what round it is, is you got to find a way to put them out of their misery. And, uh, and then hopefully it'll pay dividends for, for you down the road. Eddie Olchik is our guest with Dan Duva, Gary Lawless. It's nighttime at noon. Eddie, you talk about 94. Since you brought it up, Mark Messier, captain of that Rangers team, we think about the Knights' first captain, Mark Stone, regular mm-hmm. season scoring leader, now a finalist for the Selkie. Don't see too many wingers on there. Can you bring us in the room and what it's like to have a captain who is expressive as, say, a Messier or a Mark Stone? What does that really mean for a team in the room? Yeah, I mean, first off, Danny, I think – for me, I mean, I've, I've been saying this for for a while. I mean, even before Mark Stone got to to Vegas, is I, I, I thought he was the most underrated hockey player in the entire National Hockey League. He, uh, I mean, he just does everything so so well. I mean, he's just it's such a high level, and 
you know, talking to Peter DeBoer and just asking him specifically about Stone. He just, I mean, he's, you know, he's an, he's the emotional leader. You see him on the ice, but, you know, according to Peter and, and you know, a couple of other guys I know inside that room, I mean, he's, you know, he's the emotional leader inside that room as well. And it's, uh, it, it's infectious, right? And, and you got to have somebody that has the courage and, the ability to be able to you know, communicate and, and say the right things in a certain, you know, certain period of time. And look at, and that's also too, where, you know, sometimes you got to cross the line. Sometimes you got to go ahead and, and call somebody out or call a unit out or call a situation out. And, and, and it's, everything's above board. It's all about one thing. It isn't about embarrassing anybody. It isn't about, uh, you know, a personal grudge. It's about, look at, we got a job to do and our expectations are one thing and that's to win this game, win this series and eventually win the Stanley cup. So, uh, I mean, I always enjoy watching them. I mean, look at, look at, I mean, I can relate to a guy like Mark stone because, I, and I'm sure, you know, I'm sure lawless in order there would, 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 uh, would probably in a few articles back in the day, up back in the peg in the Winnipeg. Yeah. I wasn't exactly, exactly fleet of foot. So I can relate with Mark stone because look at, he's not, you know, he's not a great skater, but man, oh man, is he super smart and super intelligent and knows what where the puck is going to go before it actually does? So he can offset that, and uh, I, I just get a, a, a great appreciation for watching him. Look at I, every player is banged up. You guys know this. Every player is blank, uh, banged up during playoff hockey. There's no doubt. And I don't. And look, at, I don't know anything. I'm not suggesting anything. I'm just saying, I there's it just seems like you know he, he's not maybe he's not maybe as crisp as maybe he usually is. And again. You know, maybe I'm just reading a little bit more into it, but you know, look at guys are banged up, but he's finding a way. He set up the game-winning goal the other night, right? Uh, getting that puck back to the point, and Pacioretty winning the game three with a beautiful redirect, and you know, such an instrumental part last night again in the game in all areas. So, Danny, I enjoy long-winded. I enjoy. I, I mean, I love watching Mark Stone. I had a great conversation with him uh, a couple of months ago uh, when I did the game nationally when you guys were in Minnesota for a game and. Really, I mean, it really had. It was a good. It was a fun conversation. We got a lot of ties. He's, you know, he's from the Winnipeg area, and you know, I played you know a bunch of years there in Winnipeg. So, uh, great admiration for him, and uh, no doubt in my in my mind, him being a finalist for uh, you know for the Selkie Trophy, and uh, surely it would be great to see him win it. And you're right, there aren't a lot of wingers that get that opportunity. You know, the Bob Gainies of the world, one of the greatest you know, 100 players in the history of the league. Yuri Lettinen, unbelievable in Dallas for many years, and. Mark Stone certainly fits in that team picture as far as I'm concerned. Eddie Olchick is with us here at nighttime at noon. A 42-goal scorer in the National Hockey League. 35-plus, I think, five times over his career. So when he says he wasn't fleet of foot, pretty good from the circles <laughs> down. It was just getting him to the circles. That was the uh, – that was the uh, Eddie, let me ask you this. Which has been the most dominant performance – in this series, Colorado's seven-one win in Game One, or Vegas's five-one win in Game Four. Look at I, I throw Game One out the window because of you know the VGK playing a five playing five card stud. No pun intended. Five card stud with only three <laughs> cards. I mean, you know, twenty you know forty eight hours later, and, and and you know have to get out of that Minnesota series, and and, and, and the Avalanche sitting there rested and, and ready to go. So. I don't look at that game as, as anything other than, you know, the, the stars were aligned for the home team. The most dominating answer to your question, I, I don't think, you know, I don't think there's any doubt. I think, I think it was, I think it was last night. Um, 
every aspect of the game, every, um, you know, it seemed like every foot race that they were winning. And look, and that's even after falling, you know, behind one nothing, And didn't, you know, the crowd certainly was, you know, kind of put got you know, put their fannies back in the seat when it got one nothing. I was like, oh, gosh, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, quick bang, bang, and, and next thing you know, the game is even. And, you know, that line of Carlson and Varsha So and, 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 and Smith have, have really, really picked up the slack here. And, uh, depth is such an important part of it, but you know, on the surface, when everything being even, everything being equal, uh, again, taking game one out of it, uh, I would certainly say what uh, what we all saw last night was uh, was pretty dominating. You mentioned that you were a small part uh, of a Stanley Cup champion. I would suggest that you were just a Stanley Cup champion, and would leave it at that. It's it's. Impossible. It's very hard to do. Very few people get to do it. And once you go through it, you do experience a few things, and and only you guys can really speak to it. There are ingredients you need to win the Stanley Cup, and you know, skill, good coaching, all of those sure. things. But the one thing that you can control at this time of the year is the commitment. The commitment to check, the commitment to block shots, the commitment to do the little things, the commitment to put yourself second, the team first. And and not every team can do it. Does have you seen that commitment? What what teams left in the Stanley Cup playoffs have you seen that have that commitment? Well, I think they all have the commitment. And sometimes, you know, sometimes you get on those railroad tracks and you can't get off. And and all you're doing is defending all the time, right? And and that's what's happened with Colorado. I mean, they're very committed. They got an incredible team. They, you know, they're just going through a difficult time right now, and they're up against a real tough animal in in, in Vegas. And look at, uh, you know, when you have guys coming in and out of lineup. I mean, adding McNabb and adding Reeves in the lineup last night certainly did, you know, something. Go back to Game One when Ryan Graves. I said on the broadcast, I thought it should have been a five-minute interference call. I thought it was late. I, I didn't like the hit. I understand the hit, but I didn't like it. I thought it should have been five minutes. Since that hit, uh, Ryan Graves has gone pretty quiet in this series. Um, so, again, it's all about momentum. It's, it's all about, you know, selling out. It's all about doing it for the guy next to you or across from you uh, instead of yourself. And I think that, you know, we've certainly seen that commitment 100% from Vegas in this series. I, it's definitely there for the Avalanche. And, and any team that's available, any team that's uh, still uh, got breath in the body here in the playoffs. There's no doubt that you know, there's you know, there's a certain way that you have to play, and sometimes maybe it's not as apparent. I mean, think about before Max's goal last night. Whitey, I, I know Whitey because he, he, my son was uh, my son Eddie was his assistant, assistant coach when he played college hockey up at Bemidji State for the Beavers, and uh, I mean Whitey had another big shot block, and all of a sudden you know the shot is blocked, the puck has moved the up the ice. Makar kind of overplays the three on two, and then Max goes you know, top shelf, and and uh, you know BGK is off to the races. So I, I think every team is selling out. I think sometimes maybe it's just a little bit more because maybe the numbers are here where you're looking at it and going, well, you know, this team had 25 shot blocks and this team only had 12 or whatever. But uh, at the end of the day, I think every player in the National Hockey League, every team is selling out at this time of year. And I do want to mention is I thought I've been watching Alex Petrangelo play for a long time in, in the broadcast booth. And I thought last night he made a couple of subtle little plays last night 
that uh, like that would that he had a world class game last night. Look, he's a world class defenseman. But I thought last night, uh, Danny and Gear, I, I thought that he just was. I thought he was flat out awesome. Uh, I get the chance to pick the stars in the game, and it's hard to it's hard. It was hard not it, it would. It would have been hard not to pick Jonathan Marchessault when he gets an HT in, in, in a game four in the playoffs, but uh, I, I was torn because I just thought Alex Petrangelo did everything that you wanted a world-class defenseman to do in, on, in a huge game, a momentum swing type of game, and I thought, uh, I thought uh, Petro had a, just an incredible game last night along with a couple other guys for, uh, for Vegas. You know, Mark Stone agreed with you. His comment last night about uh, Petrangelo was, you're starting to see why the addition – was made, and uh, that really kind <laughs> yeah, of yeah, and, and and too, he's you know, look, he's won before, right? Like yeah. that's such an important part. And he was a captain, and and what have you. But look, you can have all of the, you know, you can have the letters, and you can have the, you know, the accolades, and and having won before. But you know, you still got to go out there, and you got to get it done. Like you got to go out there and perform, and. I mean, that's inspiring. I mean, look at I've been retired for a long time. I've been retired for 21 years in the league. But, you know, when I see a veteran guy, an elder statesman on a team, go out there and have a game like that, like, I'm inspired. Like, I'm inspired by a guy like Alex Petrangelo that can go out there and have a game like that when, you know, look at really, like, I don't want to say the season was on the line because we've seen some crazy stuff happening. But when he goes out there and plays like that, you just sit there and go, wow, you know, I mean, look at he, there are obviously a couple. I mean, there were a lot of teams that would have liked to sign Alex Petrangelo, but you know, George and, and, and Kelly were able to figure that out and bring him in there. And I think that uh, all Knights fans would watch that game again and sit there and go, "Man, oh man, like this guy is awesome! Like you know, he's on our team and he makes everybody better." And I would I would assume that he inspires everybody inside that locker room. Did you have the two horse on Saturday? Well, wow, you got a lot of courage to ask me that on national radio here. Why, why don't you just fill everybody in on on me, you know, taking your cash and making sure I made the right wager? And why don't you tell everybody what you turned your initial profit in into the ROI? Go ahead. You should see the color red that Gary is turning right now, Eddie. Bright. You started it. Go ahead. I'm just trying to give you a little bit of credit. You're one of the best horse handicappers on the planet. You're, you know, I talked about your 42 goal season. I'm not Mike Keenan. I don't have to go to the oh national. I don't God. have to go to the national hockey league record book to know that you are a, a 42 42 goal guy. Oh I know that. Oh my gosh! Just for the record, folks. Uh, yes, he, he turned a, a. You know, of course, and shockingly, Alligator Arms only wanted to wager fifty dollars on the on the Belmont on Saturday, so he turned a hundred. He turned a fifty into a total of one hundred and eighty. So a nice little ROI for two minutes and twenty five seconds of work. And I'll just leave you with this, Danny. I, I know this is not you, so just you know, just let me go here for a second. I know, Lawless, that somebody had to cancel on you for you to text me and go, "Hey, can you come on the show today?" Right? Who canceled? You must nope. have had a real big heavy hitter. And nope. said, "Oh, geez, I could go to the bullpen and let's grab the guy that does the uh, the national broadcast uh, that, that uh, that Eddie Olchek. Who whose pro whose radio whose radio what, program you have you, you been owl? on? Who, who who what? Whose radio program have you been on more than mine over the years? <laughs> well, wait a second. Hold on. We're not talking about over the years. We're just talking about 
right now in the VCK. That's, that's, that's all point. we're talking about right now. The whole point <laughs> is is that I have always gone to you. You've been like, I, I won't say you're the ace. You're not the number one, but you're the, you're the left-hander in the rotation. You get your every four days. Hey, I just hey wanted... Danny, I'm not the ace, but I might just be the deuce, right? But, you know, aces and deuces. You know, that, that's, that's not bad. That's not bad. <laughs> no, hey, I'll Danny, I want you to have a wonderful day, and I'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow in Denver. <laughs> that's uh, great. I'm going to have a wonderful night because Gary is buying dinner in Denver today. <laughs> thanks to the tip. Eddie Olchick, thanks so much. We'll see you soon. All right, Danny. See you. See you, Lawless. Thanks, Ed. Eddie Olchick, who is a Stanley Cup champion and broadcaster covering the Blackhawks and for NBC Sports, covering the Golden Knights in this series against the Avalanche alongside Kenny Albert and Brian Boucher. Wonderful crew as uh, we're, we're spoiled with the, the broadcasters uh, that we get to watch on a regular basis. And it's fun, of course, for us to work here in in, uh, in Las Vegas, but to get a chance to see some of these broadcasters now that we're traveling again. It's, it's a heck of a lot of fun. Well, for sure. Well, we have two of the best in, uh, in Dave Gosher and Shane Knighty, and it just, you know, I, I think people in Las Vegas – have been uh, have been spoiled, in, and, and rightfully so. Like you know, what I mean, I, I, that, that's not the right word, because the fan base here has been so committed and so they they deserve what they get, and and I believe they get the best. That's what I'll say. And if we want to stay broadcasters, we've got to pay the bills. So let me tell you about Rock Creek Cattle Company, a hidden gem located in the heart of Montana. It's a 28,000-acre cattle ranch with something for everybody, a world-class golf course, fly fishing, hunting, horseback riding, and more. You can escape the bright lights and discover Big Sky Montana. Exclusive memberships and real estate opportunities are available. The website for more information is rockcreekcattlecompany.com. That's rockcreekcattlecompany.com. With Gary Lawless, I'm Dan Duva. You're listening to Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Comes around the boards, Nicholas Haig, and out for William Carrier. Brown gets the puck up the middle, to the right for Reeves, to the middle for Brown, stopped! But Grubauer is into the goal. Will it count? The referee has signaled stoppage rather than goal. Live from City National Arena, this is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. That one would indeed count upon multiple reviews. Patrick Brown with his second of the postseason. Reeves and Carrier assisted 13-13 of the third period. That made it a 5-1 Vegas lead, and that's how it finished. Knights tying the series 2-2 two and two against the Avs, Game 5 on deck. I'm Dan Duva with Gary Lawless. You're listening to Nighttime at Noon. Glad you could be with us here today. Game 5 is tomorrow, 6 o'clock puck drop. And Gary, since we've been talking all journalism today, I remember Mike Wallace talking about how to ask those questions, who, what, where, when, why, how. Added two more to the fundamental questions of journalism. So what and what's next? And if you're Jared Bednar, that is a looming question. What's next after your team not only loses games three and four, but really did not generate the scoring chances they're accustomed to? Yeah, they will have. Uh, I don't know if they traveled last night or if they did today. It's uh, and at this stage of the season, there's you know if you do practice, it's going to be light. Um, you know, maybe you have a meeting, maybe you talk, uh, you look at some video, but uh, there's not a lot of time. You know, you're right back at it tomorrow night. There aren't a lot of answers in terms of lineup. Like, I don't know, you know, they've swapped their fourth line around a little bit. Um, They're probably praying 
that the arbitrator lessens Nazem Kadri's suspension so that they could get him uh, earlier than Game 7. Right now, that's the only time uh, he's on an eight-game suspension and has two games left. Um, so he would have to sit out five and six unless uh, the arbitrator ruled differently. Uh, he would be a, 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 a great shot in the arm for them because he does play physical. He does check. Um, it's something that they're that they don't have in their group right now. Deservedly so. I, you know, I mean, I think he deserved every game that he got, and I don't understand why. Uh, you know, the, the commissioner heard an appeal and said. Nope, we're leaving it at eight, and then he's gone to an independent arbitrator, so we'll see if that changes anything. For Vegas, Pete DeBoer said uh, uh, yesterday after the morning skate that um, that they had a number of players on the horizon to being able to return, and at that time he was talking about uh, Ryan Reeves coming off suspension, uh, potentially Braden McNabb uh, coming off the COVID list. He did, and he played last night. And then the other two guys that he mentioned were Yanmark and Nosik. And uh, so, you know, if one of or both of those guys is healthy, what would Pete DeBoer do? Uh, you know, if Matthias Anmark is healthy, he goes back in uh, and he goes on that third line with uh, with Waugh and Tuck. And uh, that's the best third line Vegas has had this year. Kolasar has been has been good. Not as good as Yanmark when you are the line hasn't been as good when Yanmark is is in that spot. And then uh, Patrick Brown uh, has been tremendous. Uh, in uh, in filling that spot for Nosek on the fourth line, so uh, um, great decisions to have. Like if those guys get healthy, um, you know, let's just say uh, uh, they both get healthy, they both get put in the lineup. Then your 13th and 14th forwards are Kolasar and Brown. That's a really good situation, or Brown and Kolasar, depending on the position. That's a real good position to be in. They're already in that position on the blue line with Holden and Coughlin has your uh, ninth and t- uh, sorry, eighth and ninth, d- seventh and eighth defenseman. So, as you can tell, I'm really good at math. <laughs> you got your paper, pen, your abacus out as well. Those are those are good situations to be in for as a coach. And and, and let's not forget, Cody Glass is practicing with the team. Has played Cody in the series. Too. You yeah. could put him in yeah. there as well. Peyton yeah. Krebs got the shot in the face earlier on. Has missed the last uh, couple of weeks, and it sounds like it may be not. W- was not as bad as no. initially thought. So there are, I mean, clearly the Knights are not at 100%, but they've got some depth, and the depth is getting healthier. Yeah, and that's uh, a really good situation to be in. Uh, you know, even if DeBoer wants to, you know, like he did in the Minnesota series, when he looked at Hag and thought, he looks tired. I'm going to play Holden. And to be able to put in a fresh body like that, like what that does, especially if the guy's been playing. Like Holden's not going to be out of sync. Uh, if you put him in on on. On Tuesday night, you know what you're getting. You're getting a high-end performance from a guy who's fresh. Uh, if I'm Pete DeBoer, uh, you know, you, you might want to consider that. You also don't want to tinker with what's working. But, you know, after they won game three and he puts in Reeves and McNabb, there, was a, there were people in the media questioning that decision. Why would he do that? Well, so his team could win 5-1. <laughs> it worked. Yeah, McNabb also a shot in the arm for the penalty kill, Gary, yeah. which had given up three power play goals the last couple of games. They cut down big time on the number of minutes shorthanded. Right, you go from Colorado was two for six in a game, including an overtime winner in game two. They went with one for two, three shots on goal Friday, and then on Sunday, yesterday in game four, 
there was one penalty that was mitigated, uh, eliminated, wiped out because Colorado took a penalty. So they had power play for 22 seconds, and then late in the game, they got another one where White Cloud put the puck over the glass. That's two minutes and 22 seconds of power play time. Colorado could not use it to its advantage. Yeah, I was talking to a fan this morning uh, at my daughter's practice, and he was complaining about the lack of penalties. And I'm like, no. <laughs> the fewer penalties either way. Uh, Vegas wants to play this series 5-5. For sure. Uh, that's uh, the way the last two games have been officiated. And, uh, and you know what? The referees called an six, for 60 minutes. The referees called a great game in, in, in game two. Problem is the game went 62 minutes. Yeah. You know? Like that's uh, – um, I think the refereeing has been really solid. Uh, except for the the one call, and I'm sure Jerry Bender uh, probably thinks there's been a few calls that haven't gone his team way, but his team's way. But if you're a Golden Knights fan, you want fewer penalties called. That's the best place to be. Look at the regular season. Colorado, 47 power play goals. Vegas, 31. So that's 16 additional power play goals for Colorado. But they had roughly 30 more chances. They were also shorthanded roughly 30 more times than Vegas. And they gave up 11 more power play goals than the Knights' number one penalty kill. So, again, the Knights want to play five-on-five. Five. Colorado wants uh, more penalties called. We'll step away. We'll wrap things up when we come back. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to Nighttime at Noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. 12.53 Pacific time, wrapping up the program on this Monday afternoon, Golden Knights and Avalanche tied 2-2 two and two in the NHL's Stanley Cup playoffs second round. It was a 5-1 win last night, game 5 tomorrow. Here's your lineup, nighttime at noon with Brian McCormick and Darren Elliott, obviously, at noon. Then the Insider Show, 4 o'clock, Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace. Then the pregame show with Ryan at 5. Gary and I will be back with you for the game, 6 o'clock. And the puck drop will be, of course... Shortly after 6, the Golden Knights taking out the Avalanche. Game 5, it's now a best-of-three series. I want to tell you about Bill and Carol Foley, who created the Foley Food and Wine Society to celebrate three of their greatest passions, world-class wine, exceptional cuisine, and outstanding travel destinations. You can join their society for free today, foleyfoodandwinesociety.com. Well, Gary, uh, the Knights, of course, in one postseason series there are a few others going on including one in montreal tonight the canadians a 3-0 series lead hosting the jets there yeah game four tonight the opportunity for a sweep i'd be surprised if winnipeg got swept they've got that great goaltender and connor hellebuck but mark shifley is out with suspension paul statsing is injured he played in game three but uh, he, he didn't look to be himself and uh, they were just asking him about it uh uh, earlier this morning, what's wrong with you? When did it happen? He said, I'm not telling you. He said, maybe I'll tell you later. I'm playing. That's all that matters. Uh, Paul's an important piece there for them. But uh, Jeff Petrie got injured last night. His, he put his glove into the hole that the photographers have where they shoot the pictures in the glass, and uh, hopefully he's not out too long. But uh, Carey Price, Corey Perry, Shea Weber, Nick Suzuki, some interesting pieces there getting it done for the Canadians. Did you think this would happen after they went seven against the Leafs and had to come no. from behind to win no, that I series? Th I thought they'd lose game one. Like the, Just like the, Vegas, the right? The Jets swept the Oilers, sat around, waited, and uh, but there's a difference between regular season hockey 
and playoff hockey. The Oilers play, and the Jets played regular season hockey in that series. The Jets are still playing it, and the Habs are playing playoff hockey. Islanders Bruins also today. That's at 3.30 on NBCSN. 2-2 locked up. That's it, Andy. And tomorrow, the Golden Knights, of course, will play Tampa Bay and Carolina two days between games. The Lightning trying to close out that series against the Canes tomorrow, 3.30. Vegas and Colorado at 6. Big thanks to George Lopez, Jared Justice, Dakota Miller working behind the scenes. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Nighttime at Noon. Gary Lawless and Dan Duva here with you for the uh, Nighttime at New program. We'll have the pregame show with Ryan Wallace tomorrow at 5, puck drop at 6. Again, the Knights of the Avalanche tied 2-2, heading into Game 5 tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in. For Gary, I'm Dan. Have a great day. On we go.